0: How's it going? This is Scott Fish. I co-host a podcast called the Commission Impossible Podcast with Ryan McDowell. We don't exactly go over player
1: values or dynasty trades or potential or rankings or mock drafts, and we usually don't even have guests. We just like to talk about commissioner stuff, so that's what you get.
0: You can learn about lots of different scoring systems, uh, interesting rules, settings, how to set up your playoffs, how to determine draft order, how to determine rookie auction values, things like that. Stuff that
1: commissioners might be interested in, like rivalries or rolling bank rolls or salary caps. We also answer commissioner questions. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, check us out. It's a pretty good listen. DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. No James the Brain, but that is Travis the Beard.
0: Hey John, why was the teacher cross-eyed? Her pupils got out of control.
1: Alright, that one wasn't even dirty. Uh, that was, that uh, was pretty
0: good. <laughs> I kind of like that one. Alright, that's
1: uh, that's along the lines of the uh, the Scarecrow one from a few weeks ago. Outstanding in his field. Yeah,
0: yeah that, that one was really good. Yeah, I, I, I can't I'm, beat
1: that one. I'm a sucker for a good pun as well, apparently. So, <laughs> <laughs> which I guess is 90% of dad jokes, but I digress. I am John, designated to return Hogue, and this is a Super flex Super Show. An interesting week five saw records fall at the hands of Drew Brees and Adam Thielen. All four top ten draft pick rookie quarterbacks deliver wins. The departure of several key fantasy contributors with injuries. The emergence of fantasy stars and the return of several veteran studs. After four weeks, suspensions were served. Plus, big fantasy point outputs from the Big Apple. Letdowns by three good offenses and great matchups. Atlanta, Jacksonville, and Green Bay, I'm talking to you. And upsets galore shake up the fantasy landscape it's time to adjust those rosters accordingly with your super flex SOPs, but first, what did we learn this week, Travis?
0: So this week, I learned that Baker Mayfield is a god. And the sole reason for the Browns' success, and if James doesn't agree, he should have been here instead of celebrating John's birthday in an alley somewhere. (laughs) In Tijuana. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And also, the the Broncos stink at football, John, and the Cardinals are going to finish with a better record than them.
1: Oh, it's so true. (laughs) Man, that one hurts. That one cuts deep. I didn't expect but it's you to so just true. fall
0: into it like that, man. I thought well, I'd
1: get some fire out of you. Uh, well, I mean, there's there's a pretty big difference at quarterback. That's the other part that that really hurts. There's a little bit of a difference in the coaching staff, and there's also a pretty big difference in motivation. So, I don't think that it's the Broncos stink at football. I think that they're just uh Ready to be done with the 2018 season already, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the wheels are definitely falling off. So, as well, much I wouldn't as say
0: the Cardinals have that much of a of an edge at coaching, it's yeah, a pretty it... bad situation over here too.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, so their Vegas lines out on uh, the teams most likely to fire their head coach. The Broncos are fourth, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Um,
0: but for well, the Cardinals coach. are only not that high because he's a first year coach. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta see what you've got. And Mike McCoy though. Oh uh, yeah. That, that, if they're, if they put Vegas odds on that changing <laughs> yeah. out Mike McCoy, <laughs> that, that one's going to be a
0: minus. Yeah. But I did learn one other thing this week, John. Yeah. Let's hear it. Fantasy football sucks sometimes, dude. Oh, dude. dude. <laughs> I lost I lost three matchups this week. I know nobody cares. But all <laughs> I, I lost three matchups by less than two points. All three came down to Monday night football. I lost one of them because the Saints wouldn't bench Drew Brees and he caught his own pass. If if he didn't catch his own pass, I would have won. No way. Yep. And I lost two other ones. Um because of Chris Thompson. If he would have caught that two-point conversion in the fourth quarter, I would have won both of those other leagues. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. Down to the wire, man.
1: Ugh, that's brutal. Okay, I've got nothing like that. I, For me, fantasy football sucked this week because I, I, the the games were – Okay, here's a big one. I, I One of the leagues where we still use DSTs. Don't ask me why, but we still use DSTs. I wasn't. I had the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's no way I was going to start them. Green Bay Packers, no way I was going to start them. So I picked up the New York Jets, but I forgot to replace the Packers with the Jets in my lineup. Oh, no. Yeah. So I'm going to lose by – oh, and I also had Mason Crosby on that team. So that already – Mason Crosby was the difference, but if I had just made that change that I meant to make, there was no other reason to even pick up the Jets defense other than the fact that I had a feeling they were going to be able to get some turnovers
0: against the Broncos. And uh Well, that's I, yeah. not that's not fantasy football sucking, that's just you sucking. Uh Dude, I was in a <laughs> ditch. I mean, alley. Okay, all right. Yeah, you were in an alley in Tijuana. I guess you get a pass on that one.
1: <laughs> Thank you. All right. here's What, what did you I, learn this week? Here's what I learned this week. I've got a few of them for you. First of all, the Chargers have two RB1s. I saw somewhere on Twitter, I I really need to start writing these down so I can cite this. I can actually quote the, these guys, but somebody pointed out that the Chargers backfield looks a lot like, and is actually outperforming, last year's New Orleans Saints backfield, which I thought was really interesting. Melvin Gordon, is a he's an obvious slam dunk, high-end RB1, but Austin Eckler is getting it done as well as a top 12 type of guy.
0: Yeah, I think it was Ryan McDowell that tweeted that out. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, uh, man, which I mean, makes doing it even work. worse that I didn't quote. It. <laughs> um, yeah, they're on pace for more yardage as a duo for this season than Kamara and Ingram finished with last season. I think that was what he was saying. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy, dude. Austin Eckler is so crazy. I mean, he keeps getting it done, but he's not touching the ball very much at all, man. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, last week I think he had six touches. He just happened to catch one ball for a forty-four yard touchdown. Like,
1: right? I know, and it, but he's doing it every week, and it's it's. I mean, we said it last year with Alvin Kamara, where you know this isn't sustainable, but and then it was. So I don't know
0: this. He's averaging under ten touches a game.
1: Right? Yeah, that's it's insane. Just, it's just splash plays and he's he's catching the ball way more than he's actually carrying the ball, which makes a pretty big difference, especially in PPR. So but I whatever, I mean, you know
0: that that the, Chargers offense is just on fire, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So the I I don't even know for sure what to glean from that, I guess. I mean, there's a the possibility that you can go get Austin Eckler and you know, at a at a reasonable price still. I mean, it's going up by the day, but he might be available to you, and uh, you know, at a reasonable price, maybe like a second round future pick, and uh, you're gonna get pretty high end production. It looks like more more weeks than not out of him. Uh, next thing I learned is that Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen is a high end wide receiver one in Dynasty. I think. Um, yeah, no doubt. I, I've i also seen on Twitter, man, seriously, I need to start writing these down. Uh, somebody had called him the wide receiver one in Dynasty. I can't go that far. Um, Whoa. I, you know, I've seen top five, and I can't quite get there with him either. But, you know, the the top seven easy in Dynasty for me. And then the third thing I learned, congratulations to you. Josh Rosen's gonna be the rookie of the year. As good as Baker what? Mayfield is, man, he n- Baker's fun to watch. Josh
0: Rosen is unreal. And how so? You need to you need to you need to like clarify okay. this for me.
1: He this this is another one that I should have I should have actually I need to just screenshot this off of Twitter, but somebody had pointed out that Josh Rosen is leads the NFL already in pass attempts with less than a yard of separation between the, the wide receiver and the defender. Josh Rosen is taking shots that nobody else is willing to take, particularly Sam Bradford, which was my issue all along. Josh Rosen actually throws the ball into tight windows, and he's completing those. He's getting it to those guys. He led them to a win. I granted the Forty ers are definitely beat down, but I mean that was not that was not a game that they were necessarily expected to win. And Josh Rosen went out and got that one. He's making plays. He's like I said. I mean he's being aggressive with uh, with his uh, with his decision making, and he's fitting the ball into tight windows. And I mean that's. That's essentially what you've got to do as a rookie quarterback. You've got to figure out where you can put the ball and what you can get away with. You know, don't play it too safe. Obviously, you want to protect the ball, but, I mean, this is what your rookie season is meant to be. You know, figure out where your receivers are going to be. Who can you trust? And Josh Rosen is, is he's just doing that. He's just to me he's way advanced beyond these other these other rookie quarterbacks and yeah i think it's only going to get better from
0: here that that's all great and that makes me feel good as a cardinals fan mm-hmm. but if he's going to win rookie of the year he better start putting up some stats real quick yeah because he only has two passing touchdowns and he's yet to throw for over 200 yards in a game last week he completed 10 passes right on 25 attempts that's 40 percent yeah so I don't know I mean he's not going to do it like that
1: yeah he has what three fewer starts than Sam Darnold right now so he's he's got time I mean he's he's got some catching up to do no doubt but um he's he's got some time to for that stuff to come around
0: I hope so too little too late though for the Cardinals season
1: yeah yeah Maybe. Well, yeah, you got the Rams. So, yep. I mean, best case scenario would be a wild card, and I don't think it comes out of the West. But, anyways, so let's move on to the Superflex SOPs for the week. Now that we're, uh, now that we've uh, downloaded everything that we learned, so we're gonna talk about some ads and drops this week. As always, three players. Actually, we're gonna do four players each here um, with, uh, with our, our. James the Brain in the basement. Um, we're gonna we're gonna pick up a little bit of extra workload here. So four players all from different positions and uh thirty three percent ownership or less on Yahoo. And we'll start with you, Travis.
0: All right, so my first one this week is running back and it's Ronald Jones. Ooh, what? I know, <laughs> I know what is happening. It's we're living in the upside down. Uh, Ronald Jones is 25% owned. Um, he, he should be coming out of the bye week as the starter for Tampa Bay. Yep. They've had zero success on the ground. They need to make a change. They need to do something to try to figure out their ground game. I don't love the player. Obviously, I think it's been pretty clear, uh, that I don't love the player for about eight months now. Uh, But he is a starting running back on a team that has a decent to great offense, depending on how Jameis Winston plays. And he should be seeing a dramatic increase to his opportunity. And that is worth taking a shot on in fantasy football. Um, He is also... he, He also... Ronald Jones also has the benefit of coming off of a bye week last week. So he's flying a little bit under the radar this week as everyone else focuses on picking up Wendell Smallwood and Mike Davis. So he's likely to be cheaper to pick up with Fab this week than most other options. Uh, So I think, yeah, man, Ronald Jones, you got to, he needs to be owned as much as I hate saying it.
1: Nice. Well, I'm just going to sit back and. uh admire the per, the personal and professional growth that i just witnessed and uh leave it at that so ronald jones sucks he <laughs> sucks really bad he can't catch with his tiny little hands he's gonna, he's going to be <laughs> is so that better good. <laughs> uh it definitely makes me feel like i'm back home for sure yeah. um <laughs> it, it that uh hearing you talk glowingly about ronald jones was not going good with the hangover and the Montezuma's I revenge. I would say
0: glowingly was the was what I was doing, but uh, you just told everyone to pick him up. So <laughs> uh all
1: right, I'm gonna give you one real quick. This actually could have been next week this week type of guy, but um I'm gonna say go ahead and jump on it early, especially in a super flex league. So I I, I would make this a waiver priority for most teams, Chad Kelly at quarterback. And man, that kills me. That just, it breaks my heart to say it. But the reality is the the problems run pretty deep for the Denver Broncos right at the moment. The problem is not Case Keenum. On offense, it's play calling just in general from Bill Musgrave. And there's a bigger, just kind of a personality thing going on there. But the problem is there's you can't get rid of the head coach, Vance Joseph, because, I mean, what are you going to do, promote Bill Musgrave? And that's kind of the only guy with any kind of resume on the coaching staff. So Vance Joseph is there for probably for the season, or at least most of it. So the next most likely move that you can make to try and shake things up is at the quarterback position. I don't think that Case Keenum necessarily deserves to be benched, but I think that he's going to be benched probably sooner rather than later. And I think that they're going to want to see what they can do with Chad Kelly. This is something that I have done a complete 180 on since the offseason. But, I mean, you just... You, you can't lose to the New York Jets, you know, 34-14, to 14, I believe it was. You can't do that and expect for nothing to change on that team so like I said the easy change to make is you you bench case Keenum and see what you've got with Chad Kelly and I think when they do that he's gonna be he's gonna look pretty good um I I think that he can run this offense and I think that it's it's kind of a Josh Rosen type of thing where it's just gonna be this you know this fearless nothing to lose attitude going in and kind of a gunslinger mentality and uh, I think that he's gonna put up significant points especially for a super flex type of guy uh, kind of a spot starter type of guy
0: I love that call and it makes logical sense for the team to do that at some point uh, depending on their record but do you think that John Elway can muster up enough humility to make that move. Um, That's the one hang up I have with it. I mean, he is, he has shown time and time again that he will stick with a call that he has made (laughs) and and write it into the dirt. I know. Right. Paxton Lynch. Yeah. Right. Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler. I mean,
1: yeah, 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 I know. I think this one's a little different. I think that, uh, the, the, contract that Case Keenum got was pretty team friendly. I mean it it's you know, he's pretty locked in for two years, but beyond that, I mean, they they gave themselves an out after after two years. So um I I don't think that he's nearly as married to the idea of Case Keenum being the starting quarterback as he was to, you know, those big stupid quarterbacks that he was just convinced are gonna actually be good so yeah and and I actually think that I think that Chad Kelly does a lot for uh for John Elway's ego as well you know the fact that he got that Chad Kelly was Mr. Irrelevant in uh 2017 in the draft and I mean essentially John Elway sniped the other 31 teams on chad kelly everybody thought that he was going to be an undrafted free agent and everybody was going to have a shot at him so there's definitely still some
0: there's still an element of f you to everybody yeah exactly uh, yeah <laughs> all especially right, all right. if he makes it. that work so yeah 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 that's
1: that's one more thing in chad kelly's favor i think
0: that makes sense. I don't know how soon it happens, but you're you're the Broncos whisperer, so. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't I I okay, I don't have any particular intel on that on that one either.
0: Oh, come on, man. That's, Check uh, your sources.
1: I know. I know. Uh yeah, I probably should. I try not to lean on those guys too much, but <laughs> for <laughs> for <laughs> But yeah, I'll uh, I'll go ask um Vance Joseph and Bill Musgrave with it.
0: Yeah. Just text him real quick. We'll give you guys an update in a minute after they respond to John.
1: Vance, wake up.
0: (laughs) Question.
1: Oh, is he in the alley
0: somewhere too in Tijuana? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) For different reasons. All right. Um my next guy is a tight end. I figure we gotta throw a tight end in here at some point. Uh and like Ronald Jones, uh, this guy is also coming off of a bye week and he's also a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Cameron Brait. Um OJ Howard is out two to four weeks with a sprained MCL. You combine that with the fact that Cameron Bray already gets a little boost just from the simple fact that Jameis Winston is under center and we've seen him produce with Jameis Winston before. We know that that rapport is there and we end up with a tight end who could be an every week starter for us for the next three plus weeks. I think that he's another guy that's flying under the radar. I don't I mean, he sat there out on the waiver wire already for a whole week and he's still only 29% owned, and I think that Cameron brake needs to be picked up.
1: Love it. It's such a streamable position. So if you can find the guy who you're guaranteed to get a couple weeks out of, at least, I don't, you know, it, that's high-end production. And then you just, when O.J. Howard comes back, if he's a significant part of the game plan, then you just you just stream it again. You find the next guy. So I'm down with that one. Um, I, I've i got to go with one of the obvious guys here at running back, Wendell Smallwood. Corey Clement is also under-owned, and, uh, but Wendell Smallwood at 9%. I th- kind of think that he's the back to own. I think that the, the role stays the same for Corey Clement. So if anybody missed it, Jay Ajayi out for the season with a torn ACL. He finished that game with a torn ACL. Uh, I don't know how that keeps happening to the Eagles, but they're they're willing to let their 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 players finish the game before they um, start to wonder about a an ACL injury. But <laughs> anyways, Ajayi apparently he does have an ACL, and now it's torn. It wasn't totally just bone <laughs> on bone. It was there was there was some some soft tissue in there. And that's torn. He's gone. Not anymore he's, poor he's, guy. Yeah, he's died. He might be done done. It's possible. Was it the same knee? Ooh, I don't know. That's a good
0: question. That's an important question, I think.
1: Yeah. I think so. I I mean either way, like that's that's when the knees were the big concern with him. You suffer a major injury to either one of them. And I i don't know. He's going to be a little bit persona non grata going into free agency. Um, I don't know that anybody's going to want to take a chance anymore. So you might be right. He might be done. But as far as this season goes, now we're down to Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement. And like I said, I don't think the role changes a whole lot for Corey Clement. I think he's more of a passing down guy. I think uh, Wendell Smallwood is going to be your your uh, early down runner and probably the goal line back as well. He's already uh he was already seeing 69% of the uh goal line touches um which is pretty nice. And uh yeah, I I think that Wendell Smallwood is going to be the back to own in Philadelphia for the rest of the season and very possibly beyond. Only 9% owned. Prioritize him high.
0: Yeah, I'm totally on board with that one. I was actually mad when I got into the show sheet and you had picked him already. <laughs> um, I think he's the clear-cut, like, number one waiver guy this week. And he's he's been playing great, man. I mean, if you've been watching those games, Wendell Smallwood looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I think – yeah, I think he's going to be startable for us. In Dynasty 2, I think if, if he's still out there, you should go pick up Josh Adams. He's the next oh, nice. guy in line there too. It's a good one He's too. not – he's not very good. I mean, he's a he's just a guy, but <laughs> all right. So, my next guy here is wide receiver Cameron Meredith. He's 11% owned. Uh, Ted Ginn Jr was out last night on Monday Night Football, so we have to take that into consideration here, but I don't think that really matters all that much. Uh, Cameron Meredith out-targeted Ted Ginn. Cameron Meredith out-targeted Ted Ginn last week. He had four targets after seeing just one target in week 3 in his first game back. Uh, This week, he finally came onto the scene a little bit. He caught all five of his targets for 71 yards. Um, Cameron Meredith is another one who has the benefit of flying under the radar a little bit here because his big day was outshined by Traquan Smith's huge day with two touchdowns and all of the record breaking from Drew Brees, so not – much buzz around Cameron Meredith. So I think he's going to be cheaper in waivers than he should be. And I think he's the secondary Saints wide receiver that we want in fantasy, not Traquan Smith. I think Cameron Meredith is the play here. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I like that one. Um, I was uh, I was a little surprised to see you go that way after. Um, I know that you and James were particularly high on Traquan Smith in the offseason. So to see his, uh, his breakout and to see you Swerve the other way is uh, was pretty interesting to me, but I really like that call, and I really like that strategy.
0: I, I still really love Traquan Smith, especially in Dynasty, um, but for redraft purposes, I think it's going to be Cameron Meredith this year, who is more productive on a weekly basis than Traquan Smith is for at least this season.
1: All right, here's one for you. Trent Taylor at wide receiver, 0% owned. He got the touchdown late in the game for the 49ers and was second in targets to only Pierre Garcon. Now, I mean, part of this was Marquise Goodwin was out, Dante Pettis was out, but Trent Taylor in the slot is kind of a, a little bit of a safety valve for for C.J. Bathard. And uh, again, 0% owned for, you know, kind of a poor man's Cooper Cup in a way, in a PPR league in particular. Um, just the fact that he's going to get targets. There's gonna be a lot of uh kind of check downs where Bethard's looking for him. And uh I don't I don't think that the targets necessarily go down when uh Goodwin and or Pettis get back.
0: Yeah, I like that one, man. I think we all liked Trent Taylor uh this offseason. Um I think it's a little bit of a deeper play, but yeah, he saw a season high in targets. With eight, and I, they really just don't have many other options there. I mean, Pierre Garcon is not <laughs> is not the answer to that passing game. So yeah, I, I like that for sure. Um, my next guy is a, a pretty obvious one, but he still needs to be mentioned because he's still under thirty three percent owned, and that is Kiki Q T. He was second at the wide receiver position in targets for the Texans this week. I don't know how much of that was Will Fuller still not being 100% with his hamstring injury and how much of that was an indicator of future use for Kiki QT. But what we do know is now after two weeks with QT on the field, he's going to be involved and he should be owned in every league. Uh, This guy, I mean, have you seen him play, John? Yeah, he looks awesome. He looks great. He looks like a veteran receiver out there. I mean, he's always where he's supposed to be. He's even aware of and smart about clock management, which is impressive for a rookie. We see examples all the time of a player making a big play and getting so hyped up and so excited that they forget about what's going on in the game and they take too long to celebrate or they don't hustle to the line when they're in hurry up or whatever. There was none of that from QT. I mean, he made a couple plays in hurry up where he was fully aware of the, the boundaries and the, the clock situation. I mean, he's... He looks on point, man, and Deshaun Watson was looking for him and trusting him in high leverage situations, so he definitely needs to be owned. I think he's going to be involved. I would still lean towards Will Fuller outproducing QT pretty consistently most weeks moving forward. I don't know. I mean, that three targets for Will Fuller was pretty darn concerning, Uh, but I still think that Will Fuller is a very, very good player, and I think he's earned a role on that team larger than the one he had this week. Um, but QT looks like he's going to be a legit flex option for us every week.
1: Yeah, definitely. My only problem with this is in a game of football, we're talking about a guy named Cutie, and uh, Kiki Cutie is a name for a my little pony, not a professional <laughs> football player. This is tackle football, for God's sakes. Grown men... And here we are talking about a guy named Cutie. But otherwise, awesome player. Perfect for that offense. And it's an offense that you want pieces of anyways. So, yeah, I mean, he's still fairly cheap. Um, it's it's going to cost you a fair amount in fab, but the fact that he's available in you know two-thirds of Yahoo leagues, I, in most cases, you would have to trade for him. And After next week, you're going to have to trade for him. And uh, it's going to cost quite a bit more than, you know, whatever, 30, 40% fab.
0: Yeah, I'm shocked that he's still only 33% owned. I feel like I'm cheating a little bit even being able to include him here. (laughs) He's probably, I would imagine he's owned in most, you know, active 12-team leagues, but the numbers say otherwise, so go check. Yep. I know he's not available in any of my redraft leagues.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he is in mine either. Uh, maybe the more shallow bench
0: ones but what are your what are your thoughts on will fuller's usage yeah
1: coming back from a hamstring injury against a pretty good pass defense i'm not too worried about fuller um i i mean i don't think that that it was going to be sustainable for fuller and hopkins to just share you know 75% of the targets like that and everything else goes to the running backs in the flats or, you know, two or three targets for the tight ends. That didn't feel sustainable at all. But, uh, so, I mean, I think that some of that funnels to, to QT, but I still think that there's plenty to go around. And I think that there are far better matchups. So I'm not afraid of Will Fuller. Uh, are you thinking sell him?
0: No, man, I love Will Fuller. It's just okay. really scary. Three targets is scary, but... yeah. I I think I'm on I think I'm on the same page with you. I think he's going to be just fine. I think it's I'm leaning towards a large part of it being the hamstring because he saw three targets. Q T saw seven. Ryan Griffin saw nine. You can't tell me that throwing the ball to Ryan Griffin is going to be more productive <laughs> for this offense than Will Fuller. So I think that it, it had to have something to do with with the hamstring injury.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine that that was the game plan. So, yeah, Yeah. I I agree. One more guy for you, uh, tight end this time, Hayden Hurst. We actually talked about him two weeks ago on our last uh, SOPs podcast. But, uh, I mean, he's still 8% owned, only 8% owned in Yahoo. And the tight end position against a pretty good Browns defense, good against tight ends, and the tight end position still got targeted in this game, seven times between the the three tight ends. At some point, that's all going to get consolidated to Hayden Hurst. I know this is a guy we weren't very high on, particularly for dynasty purposes going into the season, but for redraft in particular, and I mean, again, this is just such a streamable position that I don't think that you need to necessarily commit to any tight end for more than a few weeks at a time. I think Hayden Hurst could, is the type of guy who can fill in for the rest of the year pretty easily, and he's going to be pretty cheap right now and could actually fill that position for you again next year and at least get you started um, before you have to start streaming. And then I want to give you an honorable honorable mention guy. Robbie Anderson is actually 34% owned. And uh, I think that the, that we just gave up on Robbie Anderson a little too quick. Um, you know, the idea I think was that Quincy and is a little bit safer for Sam Darnold to target, but when Sam Darnold is gonna let it rip down the field, Robbie Anderson is gonna be the guy that he's looking for. So I think both of those two guys need to be owned. And uh, anywhere that Robbie Anderson was dropped, I think now now's the time to pick him up.
0: Yep, I'm on board with both of those. Uh Robbie Anderson needs to be owned, but I we shouldn't expect games like this very often. Yeah. yeah I don't know, I don't know how often the the Jets are going to be high flying like that. Um Yeah. And he still saw just five targets. Yeah. So, a little bit of caution there. 123 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, there was just two big plays in there. So, he's it... definitely involved more so than ever this this season and he needs to be owned, but I don't know that I'm, you know, throwing him in confidently right away.
1: Yeah, probably not. I mean, I I think that you can play matchups a little bit with him. I mean, yeah, you're not going to get the turnstile that is Bradley Roby every single week, but and you're not going <laughs> to get a defense that is already playing for the off season every week. But uh, it, if it in a plus matchup against you know, deep threat type wide receivers, I think that Robbie Anderson is going to be absolutely startable. I think you're going to see it coming, but I'm with you. I don't think he's an every week starter. Um, I think that, uh, but I do think that he can be a flex type of guy and you're going to know when to play him. So, and there's pretty significant value in that. Let's get to some buys and sells here real quick. Um, These are players who are owned in 60% or more of Yahoo League's so they're probably not going to be available on waivers, but these are still guys that we're going to recommend going out and trading for um, when you can get them at a little bit of a discount and then um, also some guys that you want to sell high on. So, again, we'll start
0: with you, Travis. All right, so my buy this week is Alshon Jeffrey. I'm doubling down on Alshon Jeffrey, John. Nice. Um, two catches for 39 yards is a poor, poor fantasy day for any wide receiver but especially for a wide receiver one in an offense that's supposed to be good. And on a day where his quarterback completed 24 passes for 311 yards and two touchdowns. But if this bad day from Alshon Jeffrey, after only having one good day on the season creates a buying window, I am all about that, man. He's still the number one wide receiver on a good offense and he still had a decent target total last week with eight. He led all the wide receivers with eight targets. He was second on the team only to Zach Ertz. He just only happened to catch two of them. I still think Alshon's going to be good for us this year. And if this creates any sort of buying window, I think we, I think the move is to definitely hop on that.
1: He's matched up with Xavier Rhodes, by the way. Not many people catch all
0: their targets when they're matched up with Rhodes. Right. So you you agree, you think Alshon Jeffries is the, the greatest wide receiver to walk the earth and he needs to be Ooh. traded for?
1: second <laughs> I'm just action. kidding. <laughs> he, although he, But he made a ridiculous, one of those two catches w- was along the sideline and he had to contort his body against his momentum and come back to the ball and towards the sideline to make a catch and keep yeah, the knees awesome. in. It was an unreal catch he can do he can do things that not many guys can do. So, yeah, I'm I'm on board with him as a sell or as a buy, I mean.
0: All right, and the guy that I am selling this week, well, one of them is Isaiah Crowell. This one should be pretty obvious, and I don't think that anybody is buying into his 231-yard one touchdown day as any sort of real deal moving forward. But a day like that at least makes him sellable whereas Last week, we were considering just dropping him after putting up three total yards a week ago. (laughs) So I think that this is the best chance all season that we're going to get to get this up and down, not very good, not reliable, low volume running back on a bad team off of our fantasy teams.
1: Yeah, that 214 yards or whatever it was and two touchdowns. Yeah, that's not happening again. So yeah. Yeah, he
0: also had a 14 yard or something yard catch. Yeah. So 231 total yards. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Isaiah freaking Crowell, man. I know. Yeah, and like three, <laughs> three he had three like three long runs. Yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> Bradley Roby was had no interest in tackling him either. That was that was amazing. Bradley Roby accounted for about two hundred yards in total offense <laughs> uh, on three plays. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating. Um. All right, so <laughs> moving on. I'm, I've got a couple for you on uh, in each category. Again, kind of picking up the slack for, uh, for James um, as he's out this week, or this episode at least. So I'm going to say to buy Russell Wilson and buy Nick Chubb. Starting with Russell Wilson, both of these guys. So I just wrote an article for DLF, my first one, um, just talking about some strategies uh, some buys and sells, and uh, who to target, who to trade with, who to trade for, things like that, in uh, um, depending on your record through four weeks of the season. Um, so check that out. It's called Football Solstice, and it's on uh, DynastyLeagueFootball.com, dot com. But both of these guys are, are guys that I mentioned. First of all, Russell Wilson. This is not one that I'm that I'm used to saying, but by Russell Wilson. First of all, what the, yeah, I know, I know yeah, we are just
0: two, we are two big men today, aren't we?
1: I know this is pick the,
0: up Ronald Jones from Travis, buy Russell Wilson from John.
1: Yeah, I know. What so, happened? James so, needs to come back. It's a lot of bribery or something going on here. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is weird. Um, yeah. Uh, so the deal with Russell Wilson, I mean, he's quarterback twenty right now, which you know that's there there are a couple different factors there but i mean if you look at the quarterback 20 you're not thinking that that's somebody that is that's that's not a major contributor on a dynasty team particularly if it's a team who who picked up you know Pat Mahomes or one of these rookie quarterbacks Or, you know, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, like, these are all guys who could have been bench depth, who have, who have generally outperformed Russell Wilson so far this season. The thing is, though, Russell Wilson, first of all, his schedule lightens up significantly going forward. And in fact, in the fantasy playoffs, he's got an amazing schedule, and not only that, but, I mean, he just does this. He is hes the type of guy who he starts off fairly slow. And, I mean, he's, you know, they've focused on the running game quite a bit so far. He's been without Doug Baldwin. Obviously lost targets like Jimmy Graham and Paul Richardson. He's been hooking up with Tyler Lockett for sure. But, I mean, you're going to get Doug Baldwin back fully healthy before too long. And it's going to be all systems go right as the right as the schedule lightens up and right as Russell Wilson gets into the Russell Wilson part of the season where he generally wins people fantasy championships. So don't be afraid of that quarterback 20 ranking and uh, take that as an opportunity to buy low. And then Nick Chubb, it's as simple as this Carlos Hyde is doing something right now that is not sustainable. 3.4 yards per carry and yet he's scoring more than a touchdown a game. Actually, I think it's down to a touchdown a game now. So it's finally starting to level out. That's not going to continue to happen. And actually, Carlos Hyde might be a trade candidate for the, for the Browns. Um, you know, as the Jaguars and Eagles start to uh, deal with, with some injuries. Carlos Hyde could be a guy that they try to trade. So he's definitely a guy to trade away. At some point, though, Nick Chubb is going to take on a bigger workload, and I think that he could be a fantasy league winner. So go buy him. Uh, A couple sell guys for you. Ben Roethlisberger, six of the next 11 games are on the road, and he's terrible on the road. Um, it, it it's Ooh. it's kind of a tough schedule late Ooh. in the season. <laughs> anyway, I know, I know, man. That's how I feel. I don't like the fact that he's so much worse on the road than he is at home. But that's it's how this. Even, uh, what?
0: It's not even true. <laughs> it's
1: true. We've, we've been over this. <sighs> man, you. Give me I feel like <laughs>
0: you, you. just wanted it's to true. argue about. It's something. true that. It's true that over the course of his career, he has scored more fantasy points at home than he has on the road. A lot more. But that's not a predictive factor. You can't just at say, oh, he's it- on the road, so he's going to be bad. He's had...
1: like how, long, how many times does he have to be bad on the road for us to say
0: that he's just bad on the road? He's had, he's had a good game on the road and a bad game on the road and a good game at home and a bad game at home.
1: Okay, so he's he ends up being better in prime time. So
0: yeah. Oh God, you're just digging that narrative hole deeper and deeper.
1: (laughs) That road game against Baltimore, sure. That I mean, that was also not a very good Baltimore defense. It wasn't at the time and they were missing pretty much everybody. And again, it was prime time, but yeah, it, I mean, this, this stuff ends up holding up. Look at his home road splits. We've done it before on the podcast and I mean, we could look it up again if we have to, but I'm telling you the road, the home road splits for Ben Roethlisberger are absolutely terrible. More than half of the rest of the season, he's going to be on the road. It's not always going to be in prime time. I don't want anything to do with it. And not only that, he's an aging quarterback who, I mean, he ended up in a few shootouts early in the season. That might, That's not always going to be the case either. So, yeah, I, I just, I'm ready to sell Ben Roethlisberger, and I think that you can sell him kind of high. And then the other guy that I'm going to sell is Mark Ingram. This one I'm a little more shaky on. But he came back from suspension and was heavily involved. He kept Alvin Kamara off of the field. That's not going to happen every week there There probably is going to be some volume available to Mark Ingram, but this saint's offense well, this saints defense has been a lot more porous than they were last year, which means the offense has to throw more and there's there's just going to be less work for the running game in general and then you have to split that up between Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram and i think that more times than not kamara comes out on the larger end of that of that stick but that's uh it's it's not one i feel great about i just think that last night was probably a much better performance than you're generally going to get from mark ingram
0: yeah, I I like both of your your buys, John. <laughs> you hate the sells. Uh, tell I me mean, about Mark I, I Ingram. It. I get it. Tell I, tell me about I get Mark, the Mark Ingram. Ingram thing. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I just it's it's hard to sell that guy after coming back and getting that workload. But there there could be something to the fact that Alvin Kamara was just used to an insane height the first 4 weeks. And maybe they were just like, you know what, big guy, take take this one off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I think he's gonna be even if he doesn't get used as much uh, as he did last night. I think he's still gonna be at worst like a running back two for us. So I mean, I guess if I guess it just depends on what you can get for him. Yeah. Because I think he's gonna be a usable player for sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm yeah. I'm good with that. I mean. It, it depends, don't, you, all of these guys, when we say sell, you're not selling just to sell. Well, with Isaiah Crowell, you might sell just yeah, to sell. Yeah, you get whatever you <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger and Mark Ingram, the idea is to sell high. Don't just sell to sell, but, you know, there's an opportunity here to possibly get something far more usable and uh, far more long-term than either one of those guys.
0: I'd sell Isaiah Corral for Wendell Smallwood dude. Oh, easily. yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, gladly. I
1: might even sell him for a cup for a handful of the guys that we're going to talk about now. so let's get into next week this week. guys who are going to be wa- waiver priorities next week, a week from now. you can get them now for cheap or free and not have to deal with the waiver claim next week, spending a whole lot of fab. So get out ahead of it with next week, this week, and uh, I'll go first this time because um, I've got three guys and you only have the one. So, so I'll uh... yeah, fail, <laughs> fail from Travis. Nah, it, I, this one was a little tough to be honest. So, um, and not only that, I think I kind of cheated with my you first went, one.
0: You went deep though too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a co-
1: I've got a couple pretty deep ones, but this first one I think is cheating a little bit. Dante Foreman is only 20% owned in Yahoo Leagues. That's still kind of a lot more than what we usually look for in this segment, but the idea with Dante Foreman is he's eligible to return after or in uh in week 7 and it looks like he's going to do that. Lamar Miller is dealing with injuries, and not only that, Lamar Miller just right now he's being outplayed by Alfred Blue and that is one of the most pitiful statements a person could possibly make. <laughs> so, so for that reason, I think that Donta Forman, as much as I'm skeptical about what Donta Forman's going to be able to do when he comes back from this Achilles injury, I think that there's an opportunity for him to mm-hmm. run away with that job.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I've never been the biggest Donta Foreman fan. Um, but it's not like Lamar Miller has been doing anything to, to keep that job. So he could get a shot for sure. And I mean, he was making some plays last season. I just don't know how effective he's going to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, he definitely needs to be picked up. Alfred blue scored like 19 fantasy points in relief of Lamar Miller this week. Lamar Miller's best week of the season was like 14 fantasy points yeah that's that's pretty nuts (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah yeah seriously so my next one is brandon wilds and (gasps) uh, I, i know right i know um so brandon wilds is right now the number two running back for the jacksonville jaguars leonard fournette's gonna miss at least another game i and i mean you you can pretty safely assume that he's going to miss more than that throughout the course of this season, even if he does make it back for week seven. And then Corey Grant just went down for the season. That leaves TJ Eldon is your feature back. Brandon Wilds is your backup on playerprofiler.com. Brandon Wilds best comp TJ Eldon. So this (laughs) this is a guy who fits right into that offense I mean, I think that they're probably looking to make a move at some point, but for the moment, the your depth chart looks like T.J. Yeldon, Brandon Wilds, and then they probably activate somebody else off of uh, off of their practice squad. But Brandon Wilds, I think, has uh, gets a significant amount of work here, and then. Um, you know, just on the off chance that TJ Yeldon goes down, too, and and we run into a next man up. Go ahead and grab Brandon Wilds, partly as a handcuff and partly as
0: a speculative ad going forward. Yep. Brandon Wilds. Talking about Brandon <laughs> Wilds <laughs> yeah. on the show. That's happening. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my guy, my guy is Taylor Gabriel. Um, he's 18% owned. So again, a little higher than normal for this segment. But I think he qualifies because he's been sitting on the waiver wire for a full week on his bye week and he's still just 18% owned. So nobody wants to pick him up, but I think that they should. I don't think people should forget about Taylor Gabriel. Um, He's going to be super cheap, maybe even free during this week's waiver wire run. But Taylor Gabriel over the last three weeks has seen seven, 10, and seven targets. And in week four... He finally produced on those targets, catching all seven of them for 104 yards and two touchdowns. Obviously, that was the big, crazy Mitchell Trubisky day, um, but he still did it. And Taylor Gabriel is actually leading the Bears wide receivers in fantasy points on the season. He has 10 more fantasy points and three more receptions on the season than Alan Robinson does on just three fewer targets. So I think that he needs to be picked up. I think he... Um, if he has another game, which he's been involved enough in the game plan to do so, he could be a hot waiver wire name next week.
1: By the way, Brandon Wilds has a, uh, had a, uh, 117.4 spark score. I don't know. I'm trying if...
0: to, you trying to appeal to my, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And speaking your language, I'm trying to, well, in that
0: case, I'm going to go grab him right now.
1: Nice. There it is. <laughs> All right, one more guy for you. Josh Reynolds, 0% owned in Yahoo Leagues. So, Brandon Cooks is out most likely out with a concussion. I mean, I don't know how he makes it back. That was a that was a rough hit. And uh I I'm guessing that this is at least a one-week injury, maybe more. It is a little hard to say with concussions, but so again, this is kind of a speculative thing um Cooper Cup also left the game with a concussion. It it's possible that the Rams are down two of their top three wide receivers. We could be down to Robert Woods and Josh Reynolds. And uh Josh Reynolds would be the burner would be the probably play the Brandon Cooks role, I would assume. And uh so that's a Again, just on the off chance that both of those guys miss, or at least one of those guys misses, I think that uh, that Josh Reynolds could be heavily involved in, right now, the best passing offense in the league. Well, the best all-around offense in the league. So it's a, it's a guy who could be worth a spot start as a flex um, if uh, if enough players miss with injuries.
0: Yeah, I'm on board with that one. And he might even be on some dynasty waiver wires, man.
1: Yeah, very possibly. Yeah, him and Wilds both. Gabriel really could be as well. Dante Foreman is most likely owned, but the rest of these guys could be available even in your dynasty leagues.
0: Um, if both of those guys miss, John, can you name who the wide receiver three would be? It's Kadaryl Hodge. How did I forget that? I don't know. I mean, he's clearly <laughs> a very important fantasy asset. <laughs> right.
1: He caught yeah. a ball last
0: week. Did he? Oh, boy.
1: Yeah, I don't know why we're talking about him. Because but... <laughs> he caught a ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations to him. That uh, He uh, he got a mention on a podcast and caught a football on one week.
0: Anyways. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, congratulations to you, guy I already forgot your name, even though it's almost the same
0: last name as mine. Yeah, Kadaryl Hoag. Yeah. <laughs> nice. John Cadarrell Hogue.
1: <laughs> yeah. Somehow I adopted this guy, even though I didn't know he existed <laughs> until two minutes ago. All right. Well, with that, though, we're going to wrap it up for the week. And we're going to ask you for the se- not for the week, but for this episode, we'll be back on Friday with some matchups for you. But as we do that, we're going to ask you for the same quick favor to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and rate and review, if at all possible. Um, on iTunes in particular, That uh, those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach, get out to more people, and grow the audience, which helps us to really dial in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. You can also subscribe to the entire DLF family of podcast mega feed and get, get access to all the great podcasts from DLF. And also, subscribe to the Travis NFL Fantasy Football Show, hosted three times a week by our own Travis the Beard. He's giving you all the info that you need in 30 minutes or less, or it's free. There's a dad joke for you.
0: <laughs> Thanks, man.
1: <laughs> a daily dad joke to, in, the, in podcast form. That's Beautiful. So check out that pod, check out Travis's solo podcast and uh he could also use some ratings and reviews as well. We all could, couldn't we all? All the time. And then send us your trades on Twitter as well. We're at Superflex Show. We can help you get more comments and votes. We can retweet them and uh we sometimes analyze them right here on the podcast. And I think we're about due for a question, a listener question and a trade an- analysis type of show. We're going to have to do one of those here pretty soon. Uh, in the meantime, follow the Superflex show at Superflex Show. Follow Travis. He's at TravisNFL. James is at underscore JamesTheBrain, and I'm at SuperflexDude. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song, The Addiction, that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until Friday, stay sexy and Superflexy. Bye. Bye.